is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for stopping by the channel once again today this is episode 421 it is march 11th 2022 i am jd from new york and this is off the scripts it is your friday afternoons and i want to thank you guys so very much for joining me wherever you may be tonight it's a pretty big night, man. I'm very excited. I'm not going to be live for SmackDown and Rampage. I do miss when I go live for you guys. I don't like when I am not here for you during the week. But tonight is a very special night, man. Salamonster and I will be at the NYC Arena in Queens, New York for House of Glory's Salvation Show Live on Fight TV. And the main event tonight is Jay and Mark Briscoe, the Briscoe Brothers, against the World Tag Team Champions within House of Glory, Pentagon, and Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers. And if there's anything you guys know about these two teams, if there's anything you guys know about how unbelievable both teams are it is going to be an absolute war tonight for the house of glory tag team championships it is live on fight you guys can order the show Solomonster and i will be on the call and it's going to be awesome also tonight natalia markova the hog women's world champion she will be defending that title against taya valkyrie making her HOG in-ring debut. And the other match that we got lined up for the Crown Jewel Championship is Low Key defending that House of Glory Crown Jewel Championship against the former Oni Lorkin. That is Biff Busick. If there's anybody that can stand toe-to-toe with Low Key, man, Biff Busick is the guy. It was actually supposed to be Jonathan Gresham. I don't know what happened there. That would have been a dream match right there, but we got Biff Busick coming on in. He's going to be walking through the House of Glory Forbidden Door. It's going to be an awesome show. So if you guys are going to be there, come and say what's up. If you guys can't be there, it's going to be on Fight TV. So make sure you guys check it out. Again, Solomonster and I will be on the call. This Cody Rhodes story is getting a little out of hand, man. You know, it's gotten to a point where I want to be excited about it, but I don't really, I don't really feel excited 
because of the wishy-washy back-and-forth feel that we're getting from it. At the end of the day, I honestly think something is really going on backstage with Cody Rhodes and WWE. At one point, they were blasting his name indirectly or likeness of him indirectly all over their shows. And now, you haven't heard a single peep from WWE. You haven't heard a single peep from Cody Rhodes. And nothing about the Cody Rhodes situation has been known in regards to what he's doing and what he's thinking. And then WWE's end as well. Same thing. Nobody knows what they're doing or what they're thinking or what they're planning. I think the the whole story around this is Seth Rollins. And I think you all know that if you watch the show, Kevin Owens got placed in a segment at WrestleMania. They're bringing back Stone Cold Steve Austin to appear on the Kevin Owens show. But what does that do for Seth Rollins? Where does that leave Seth Rollins in Dallas at WrestleMania? The only logical thing here is process of elimination, and that is Cody Rhodes. So I got news on what WWE wants for Cody Rhodes. This is updated information. Uh, I want to let you guys know this is updated information. This is not what I talked about on episode 420. It's seemingly every, every day I have something new in regards to Cody Rhodes. I do think that at the end of it all, Cody Rhodes is going to end up in WWE. And I honestly think that what you're seeing and what you're hearing right now is all one big game for Cody Rhodes and WWE. So I got news on that, what Meltzer is saying, and where he will likely fit in at WrestleMania, and when WWE realistically wants to bring Cody Rhodes to television. So I got all that for you today on Off The Script. WWE, according to WrestleVotes, is also planning seven more matches for WrestleMania 38. Doesn't sound like a good idea on top of what we already have announced for WrestleMania 38. What are those matches going to be? I don't know. I don't even give a shit, to be quite honest with you. I'm looking at the card right now as we see it on what's been announced. And to me, it looks like one of the worst WrestleMania shows I think I've ever seen, at least on paper. So we'll go over that new story as well. Jim Ross, obviously friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He gave us an inside glimpse as to what Steve Austin is feeling going into WrestleMania 38 and being that WWE wanted him to wrestle one more time. And that was against Kevin Owens. I got news on Jeff Hardy and his AEW debut that took place on Wednesday's Dynamite. I got news on William Regal. Some sad news about William Regal that all of us are going to be finding out about in the next week or so. Update on the Ring of Honor acquisition from AEW Revolution buy rates. I got your ratings. I got Matt Hardy news in regards to Jeff Hardy. Contract news from Matt Hardy. And I got news on Braun Breaker. Apparently, Braun Breaker may be making his way to the main roster. And I think that right now is way too quick. And I don't agree with that at all. So we got a loaded show for you guys today. Wanted to give you guys a show because I'm not going to be live for SmackDown tonight. Not going to be live for Rampage tonight. So I'm giving you guys episode 421 in replace of the missing live stream that will be tonight. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS 421. 
Make sure you guys go and continue to hit that join button, become a channel member, become a VIP, right here on Off The Script. Sit back in the VIP section with me. You guys get access to those emotes that you could use in the live stream chat when we are live, and you guys can use them in the comment section down below as well, and you're going to get those custom badges next to your name to show off how long you are a VIP right here on Off The Script, so continue to hit that join button. Make sure you guys go and check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We were live for Monday. We did OTS 420. We were live for Wednesday's Dynamite. So if you guys missed any of the content this week, make sure you guys go and check all that stuff out. It is on the homepage right now if you missed anything. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout. You're going to get a free sample of their service. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com. And I want to thank them, as always, for being a great friend and a great sponsor right here on Off The Script. Start with the Cody Rhodes news going into WrestleMania, guys. This is a very, very complicated puzzle in regards to Cody Rhodes and where his his next destination will be. WWE wants Cody Rhodes for WrestleMania. I think we all know that. No contract has been signed. Dave Meltzer continues to talk about this and make news on Cody Rhodes and WWE. Right now, they are still talking, and that creative was working on things as of last Friday for Cody Rhodes. Meltzer speculated that it would make sense for Cody to appear at Raw in Jacksonville, Florida, this coming Monday, being that there were plans, as of last Friday, being worked on for his debut. Obviously, Jacksonville is the home base of AEW and Tony Khan, but things are still very uncertain, even though it was widely believed, as of a few weeks ago, that Cody Rhodes would likely sign with WWE. Meltzer stated this week on the Wrestling Observer Live that Cody's status has changed, and WWE had him on the books And people on creative now don't know what is going on with Cody Rhodes. I will say this before I continue on with the rest of the Cody Rhodes news. There were plans in place. Creative had plans in place or they were given plans for Cody Rhodes. Write him into the show. Write him into WrestleMania. Who exactly is writing Cody Rhodes into WrestleMania? Who is in charge of creative? It's not the fucking 50 or so writers that WWE has employed. If you guys listened to the interview that Keith Lee did with Chris Jericho this past week, Keith Lee documented in that interview that there are people backstage who work for creative that don't even go out of their way to give ideas because they know right then and there that they are going to get shot down. Creative is afraid that if they give any ideas, it's going to get shot down, so they don't. This was documented by Keith Lee, somebody who was treated very unfairly creatively in WWE. So I ask you, I ask you guys again, who is in charge of creative? It's Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. And that's it. The show goes through both of them. WWE all of a sudden pulled plans for Cody Rhodes as of Friday. 
He was on the internal documents for WrestleMania. He was removed from the internal documents. And as of Friday, no plans for Cody Rhodes at all in WWE. Why? Because it was being reported that Cody was on his way to WWE. And it's being reported that now Cody Rhodes is on the internal documents for WrestleMania. And that WWE is now writing plans for Cody Rhodes into Monday Night Raw and set to debut. And now Seth Rollins' name is being brought up. All of this avalanched one after the other. You don't think Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon realized what was going on? Everybody is finding and uncovering clues and hints and dropping news on Cody Rhodes. They pulled everything Cody Rhodes because at the end of the day, I do believe Cody Rhodes is going back to WWE. And they want to make it seem like, oh, Cody's being talked about. We'll pull him. And in some weird way, I don't know how this works, but in some weird way, WWE thinks that if the news about Cody Rhodes is out there and then they pull it and then they debut him in Jacksonville, for some reason, WWE thinks it's going to generate more buzz and more interest if everybody's talking about him and then they pull all the news. But then again, Vince McMahon's on a Pat McAfee show that he doesn't care or even remotely give a shit about what the internet fans say about the product. So what is he doing? And why is he maneuvering this Cody situation the way that he is? He's appeasing the wrestling fans on social media. The casual fans are going to know who Cody Rhodes is and what his, uh, his status is for WWE. They don't give a shit. They don't read the dirt sheets. So why is he doing it? In fact, I would leave the news out there and say, you know what? Let it leak. I don't give a shit. More eyes on Monday Night Raw. The more eyes on Monday Night Raw, the better it is for WWE. The news about Cody, the more news that is out there about Cody Rhodes, the more interest in Monday Night Raw it would generate for everybody, the internet and the casuals of the product alike. I don't understand why they are playing so many games with this story. I do think he's going back there. I do think he will be at WrestleMania at some point or in some capacity. He better be. Can you imagine being Seth Rollins? That's, this is his plan for WrestleMania. Vince tells him, yeah, we're going to put you against Cody. And then Rollins is thinking, well, Cody hasn't signed yet. If Cody doesn't sign, what am I doing at WrestleMania? I don't want to be relegated to a fucking Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I'm Seth Rollins. Can you imagine that feeling? I do think he ends up back there, and I do think WWE, with all the leaks out there about Cody, that they pulled all the news and are now backtracking purposely. I think it's all done by design. So, Fightful Select reported that Cody Rhodes was pitched to be Seth Rollins' opponent for WrestleMania 38. However, now that is up in the air, as Rhodes is considering his options right now. I don't think that There are many options for Cody Rhodes, to be brutally honest with you. Fightful says, sources for Fightful Select recently said Cody Rhodes indicated that Seth Rollins was going to be his opponent at WrestleMania. And that's now obviously up in the air. So Cody and Seth Rollins was the plan, the working plan, probably still is the working plan. But right now, quote unquote, it's all up in the air as far as WrestleMania is concerned. It's unclear if the issue between WWE and Cody has to do with money, creative direction, or something else. For what it's worth, Seth Rollins does not have an opponent for WrestleMania at this time because they moved Kevin Owens into a deal with Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Kevin Owens show. 
So if Cody reaches a deal with WWE, then Seth is probably his WrestleMania opponent. Now, Dave Meltzer elaborated on this Cody Rhodes situation. He says Cody Rhodes might be playing a Brian Pillman game with Vince McMahon. Meltzer reported that the WWE believes that Cody Rhodes is trying to get a better deal from them with the idea that he has leverage since WWE wants as much star power as possible for WrestleMania. It's also believed that he may be playing the Brian Pillman game or that his deal is not going to happen. Ringside News actually elaborated on this and asked around about the situation. A tenured member of, of the writing team in WWE told Ringside News, and I quote, Cody will do what Cody chooses is best for his family. We hope he's happy in whatever he does, wherever he lands, end quote. So if you guys are unaware about the Brian Pillman game, Pillman was able to work WCW into giving him a legitimate release so he could play up his loose cannon character. As part of the release, Pillman worked some shows in ECW, but also started a bidding war between WWE and WCW. In December, when Rhodes appeared on Sammy Guevara's blog, he hinted about his 2022 plans. He says, and I quote, I have no complaints. I am thankful to the fans that cheer me, and I'm thankful to the fans that boo me, because both sets of fans are getting ready to go on a ride that's just bizarre, and it's not the path that you think. We're not doing what's been done before. This is all a fucking game. It's all a game. And at the end of the day, if he really is trying to get more money out of WWE by using AEW as leverage or using anybody else's leverage, the one thing I want you guys to be aware of is Tony Khan is not going to give in to Cody Rhodes. Would Tony Khan welcome Cody Rhodes back? Absolutely. But if Cody Rhodes thinks that Tony Khan is going to give him more money to keep him away from WWE, I think Cody Rhodes might be a little crazy. I don't think that's going to happen, and Cody Rhodes is going to have a very rude awakening. Tony Khan is not in the position to be playing games with Cody Rhodes. Does he want Cody? Sure. Who doesn't want Cody? Cody's actively going to be a, a, a wrestler, somebody that's going to make your product better when he's on TV. Yes, Cody Rhodes is a beautiful compliment to any roster. Yes. But I don't think Tony, Tony Khan is in position to give Cody Rhodes the type of money that Cody Rhodes wants. At the end of the day, Tony Khan doesn't need Cody Rhodes. So I think Cody Rhodes right now, his only chance of going back to AEW, that window may already be closed. So in my honest opinion, Cody Rhodes and WWE... Sounds like they're stuck in bed together. That's just my current feeling on the situation. Cody Rhodes is going to make WWE television better. Cody Rhodes is going to make whoever he is in the ring with better. Cody Rhodes is going to give everybody a reason to watch WWE programming. Is WWE going to treat Cody Rhodes like he should be treated? No. If there is a holdup on Cody Rhodes' behalf, it is that and that alone. Is it money? Sure, it's always about money. But mostly about Cody Rhodes with WWE, it's probably going to be about creative. I think that man 
is very well in the know about what happens there and what they are truly capable of if you give them the freedom to do so. He does not want that to happen to himself. And he should go into this very hesitant and not completely trusting of what these people are fucking capable of. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. WWE wants Cody in Jacksonville on Raw this coming Monday. Do we see him? There's a possibility. I don't know why it wouldn't be out there. I don't know why they're backtracking on this story. If it's true, if it's legit, if they want him there, if it's any possibility that he will be there, I want it out in as many outlets as possible to watch Monday Night Raw on Monday. I don't know why you're scaling back the news on Cody Rose because you want it to be a surprise. Fuck the surprise right now. His name is trending. Get it out there, boost your show, and make WrestleMania, at this point, not must-see, with the Edge and AJ Styles match that they just announced. That's the only thing, besides the Lesnar unification match with Reigns that I'm looking forward to. Add this match, you'll pique my fucking interest, where right now, I barely have any. I think WWE is doing themselves wrong by not allowing this to just grow into something and then present it. They want to just... It's so weird that they want to go about this and think, oh, it's not happening, and then spring it on us. No, we know it's happening. Fucking spring it on us. It's going to be better for you in the end. Now, speaking of WrestleMania, this WrestleMania card is looking absolutely pathetic, man. I said this once. I'm going to say it again. Whoever came up with this WrestleMania card needs to be excommunicated from creative. They, They need to be let go. I, I, they must have been smoking something when, when they came up with this show. WWE's got the Universal Champion versus WWE Champion match, winner take all, unification, Lesnar Reigns. Fine. I don't even know what WWE is going, going to do going into that. Apparently, Meltzer talked about it, it's not going to be a real unification match, and both shows will still be a part of the brand split, and there will still be two world championships. I, I don't know what the point of a unification match is. But that was the last we heard about that. I hope that's not the case. That's the main event of night night two, Sunday. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey, SmackDown Women's Championship. That's the main event of night one. Give me a pillow and some NyQuil. I, I will gladly fall asleep early. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Raw Women's Championship also taking place on night one. WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Triple threat match right now. They will be adding more teams to this, no question. Zelina Vega, Carmella, champions defending against Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. They will be adding more teams to this. Whether it's uh, a team that is somebody like the Bella Twins, 
or uh, another makeshift tag team that they want to get in there. I could see this being a multi-team match for WrestleMania just so WWE could get everybody on the card. And a match like this is their outlet to do so. Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. And Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Yes. I did not stutter in any of those matches. I can't believe what I'm reading. That's WrestleMania. Then we got Edge versus AJ Styles. Putting those two guys and that match amongst those matches doesn't even feel right. The Raw Tag Team Championships will be on the line. RK Bro will be defending against somebody. I don't know who. It may be Alpha Academy. I don't know why it would be. But I pitched. Let's do RK Bro versus the Usos and unify the tag team titles on top of unifying the Universal and WWE Championships. Then we got the Kevin Owens Show. Stone Cold Steve Austin will be a guest on the Kevin Owens Show. Now, on top of that, WrestleVotes tweeted out today on Friday morning that with nine matches official for WrestleMania so far, not including KO and Austin, sources state that there will be seven more matches to be announced. The biggest domino yet to fall is Seth Rollins for obvious reasons. There's a lot of speculation on Rollins and Cody. If that deal gets done, it will probably be announced as soon as it is. Now, as far as what else is going to be on the show, I honestly can't even come to a logical thought about what could be on the show. I don't know what else is happening on WWE TV that anybody would even fucking care about. Seven matches, to be exact, they said. Can you come up with seven fucking matches to fill out WrestleMania's night one and night two? I know I can't. Ricochet versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship? Probably. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship? Probably. The Usos. I said put them against RK Bro. I don't know what the Usos do at WrestleMania. Viking Raiders, Los Lotharios, The New Day. Let's throw them in a, a fucking triple threat match. Fatal four-way match. WWE right now is going to add matches that are going to give you more of a SmackDown Raw feel than a WrestleMania feel. And that is all on them. They refuse to build up anybody as a legit superstar. This is the vibe that we get for WrestleMania. And it sucks. It's very depressing. Two nights of WrestleMania, and, and instead you're getting two nights of SmackDown. Now, speaking of the Kevin Owens show, Jim Ross, who is very good friends with Stone Cold Steve Austin, he said on his Grilling JR podcast that Stone Cold Steve Austin and he recently spoke and he was not keen on the idea of another wrestling match. It looks like Austin is not going to do anything at WrestleMania as far as wrestling in the ring said Jim Ross. He and I have talked, but at the time we talked, he didn't know what he was going to do, and he didn't sound very overwhelmingly enthusiastic about it. End quote. Now, Ross was obviously a lead commentator for W, the lead commentator for WWE during Steve Austin's historic run with the company, and he added that Steve Austin is a perfectionist, 
and simply won't do something unless he thinks he can pull it off and make it something perfect. Ross then said a decision on Austin wrestling at WrestleMania had been decided about six months ago and that Austin should have been able to choose his opponent if he was going to get back in the ring and do something as far as wrestling a full-fledged match. Jim Ross says he should have been able to choose his opponent. WWE gave him this KO show because they want to be in charge of everything, and WWE wants to show everybody that, yeah, WrestleMania is going to be big. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin doing this Kevin Owens show, and meanwhile, all it does is come off as a pathetic attempt to fill the show with yesterday's stars and not push today's stars, and that WWE can't get anything accomplished without relying on their past. Austin knows this. Austin had known this. If there's one guy that will go into WrestleMania knowing exactly how WWE operates, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. You want him to wrestle, right? You want him to wrestle on your show. If Austin wanted to wrestle, I don't know why you don't give him the reins to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. If that's what WWE wanted him to do, I would have given him the keys to the car. Let's get him behind the wheel and have him drive it all the way home to WrestleMania. WWE isn't about that. Even with Stone Cold Steve Austin, they aren't about that. So you lost out. You know exactly how Austin is. Why would you ask him to change his mentality on that? It is very disrespectful. Very disrespectful. A perfectionist, someone who takes his legacy to be more important than anything else, more important than a payday, more important than being on WrestleMania show in 2022. You should have bent over backwards to give this guy what he wanted, and Jim Ross seemingly gave you exactly what Austin wanted. Let him book his opponent. Let him book his storyline. If you want him there so badly, let him handle it with whoever he's going to be in the ring with. And I doubt he has a problem with Kevin Owens. I doubt his dream opponent back would be Kevin Owens. I'm just throwing that out there. There are other names that I'm sure he would want to wrestle before he wrestles a Kevin Owens. So now he's stuck with a Kevin Owens show. And WWE, they only brought back Steve Austin, or wanted to bring back Steve Austin because it shows you their inability to build anybody up on their show currently to fit in a major WrestleMania role. They are so desperate to sell 100,000 tickets that they had to rely on this. This is a, a major selling point to them. It's not. It's more pathetic selling point than a major selling point. I think everybody kind of understands WWE's mentality, why they reached out to Austin. And it's not because, oh my God, we want him back. Oh my God, he's great. Steve, why don't you come back? No, no, we want Steve because we're desperate to sell tickets. We need Steve because we failed going into WrestleMania like we do every single year. And he knows that. And I'm glad he's not wrestling. I'm glad. I'm more happy than anybody that he's not wrestling because me, when I look at somebody like that, I'm glad that they've chosen legacy and respect for themselves over the WWE paycheck and the giving in to WWE, whereas somebody else probably would have said, you know what, $4 million a year, I'll do it. You know, $4 million per match, I'll do it. I'm glad he said no. 
it actually brings me great joy to see that everybody who wanted Stone Cold to wrestle now will not be able to see him wrestle because you guys are stuck on that nostalgia drunkenness. I'm glad. It, 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 only, it, it only appeases the WWE audience for the moment that you got it. After that, what, what does it mean? It means Stone Cold did something that he didn't want to do because WWE forced him to do it. And I'm glad he decided himself, I'm not going to do it. Moving on. We got some AEW news. AEW had a big week. AEW brought back Jeff Hardy. AEW now has the Hardy Boys. We saw Jeff and Matt Hardy reunite on AEW Dynamite. A lot of people were asking, well, how did Tony Khan get the rights to the official Hardy Boys theme song for Jeff Hardy to come on out to on Dynamite? Fightful Select actually revealed that the song that was produced by Zach Tempest isn't actually owned by WWE. Jeff Hardy made his AEW debut briefly dancing to the song Loaded before running in to save Matt Hardy from a beatdown from the private party and Andrade. In an update, Fightful reports that AEW has now licensed not only the loaded entrance theme, but the entire library that it was a part of. It was pointed out that AEW could technically technically use Hardcore and Crash Holly's Slow Death theme song. The report also notes that WWE owns the rights to the Hardys' No More Words theme, so AEW will not be using that song. Do you know that there were people online complaining about Loaded being used on Dynamite. There were actual people complaining that Loaded was being used on Dynamite and that Tony Khan and AEW, instead of building Jeff Hardy as something unique to them, only made it seem like another ex-WWE guy coming over to AEW and there's no creativity. Seems like AEW is just desperate to to get Jeff Hardy on their TV and take what he's done on WWE and not, not really build him as a new entity on their show, an AEW entity, but use everything about his WWE likeness on AEW television. I, I, I don't know how these people wake up and have functioning fucking brains to perform throughout their day. I, I really don't. If anything, I would want the loaded theme song on AEW Dynamite because why would you want to give him a new theme? That you got to get used to and you got to remember. When you watch AEW and you got to take into consideration a casual fucking fan flipping through the channels, you go from USA to TNT to TBS. They're all usually lined up one after another. And you're you're looking at these wrestling shows on Monday and then on Friday and on Wednesday. You're going to know who Jeff Hardy is. You're going to see Jeff Hardy and be like, oh, well, I know him. I haven't watched pro wrestling in a lot of years. You're going to watch Jeff Hardy debut on Dynamite. You're going to watch Jeff Hardy compete in an AEW ring. And you're going to hear that that beautiful Jeff Hardy theme music that you are so familiar with that you remember back in the day. Why wouldn't Tony Khan want to use that? It would be stupid of them to not take everything Jeff Hardy in WWE and apply it to AEW television. This is great. Now we're getting a Hardy Boys reunion, which is going to be mega money, for, for AEW, WWE realized that because they begged Jeff Hardy to come back, even gave him a Hall of Fame induction this year, and he said, fuck off, I'm not going in without Matt. 
WWE begged him to come back after they rudely fired him in quick fashion because they thought he failed a drug test or they thought he was under the influence again. Drug test came back and Jeff was clean. Now he's Tony Khan's problem and it's a good problem to have because the Hardys are going to compete in the best tag team division in pro wrestling and the Hardy boys are going to be AEW tag team champions when all is said and done in their one final run in professional wrestling before they both hang it up and retire. Now it's Tony Khan's problem. And if you don't find interest in that, if you don't think that's going to be a big deal to AEW, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. This is great. And I wouldn't have changed a fucking thing. Maybe outside Jeff Hardy dancing his way down the aisle before uh, he got to the ring while his brother was being beat up. He looks like a fucking idiot. But I'm happy Jeff is there. And it's going to be a great thing to see the Hardys in AEW. This is going to rejuvenate Matt Hardy. For a lot of people that said Matt Hardy was kind of, you know, in a a bunch of irrelevant nonsense on AEW television, this is going to rejuvenate Matt Hardy. Jeff Hardy and Matt belong together. Jeff is in AEW. Jeff is home. Home is with Matt. Home is with family. Home is the Hardy boys getting one final run to be one of the best tag teams of all time and AEW tag team champions. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. The Matt Hardy situation, as far as his contract is concerned, this was very interesting as well. Matt commented that he has extended his deal with AEW to match Jeff Hardy's deal. So they have very similar, if not the same, contracts with AEW. Matt Hardy commented on Jeff's debut. He was on his podcast, the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast. This is hosted by John Alba, does a great job. And he says this, and I quote, It means that it's time for us to cement our legacy as the greatest tag team in all of space and time. And there was one last major title we need to win, and that is the AEW Tag Team Championships. So he's already giving you a glimpse about where they're going and what their goal is, which is great. Hardy was asked how much joining AEW means to Jeff. He says this, and I quote, Jeff is hyped. It means a lot. It means a lot to both of us to go out there as we came in, and especially on a big platform, and also show why we are one of the greatest tag teams ever, end quote. Regarding the fans and what they can expect from this last iteration of the Hardys, Matt said, I think you're going to see a very mature Very experienced uh, Hardy Boys team that is very hungry to prove they can still go in 2022. Matt also noted that he wants to share the ring with the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, and Jurassic Express. Again, claiming that they want the tag team champions and then naming the current tag team champions, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. This is going to be awesome, guys. I can't wait to see what happens with Jeff and Matt on AEW television. The other big thing that happened on Dynamite was William Regal. William Regal came out and addressed the crowd after Moxley and Brian Danielson competed in a tag team match for the first time ever on AEW television. He is going to be their manager. And William Regal took the microphone after debuting at Revolution. And he explained why he is there and what is going to happen to everybody that steps into the ring with Brian Danielson and John Moxley. 
It's no secret that William Regal has a history with both guys. It's also no secret that William Regal has lived a hard life and personal issues are the main reason why he didn't get pushed at a higher level when he was in WCW and WWE. William Regal said something very ominous in that promo on Wednesday. He says he does not have long for this world. And everybody was wondering, well, why would he say that? Why was that uttered in what was a happy moment, an exciting moment to see him back on pro wrestling television on TBS with Tony Schiavone, who he's got huge history with and how respected he was coming from WWE and what he did in NXT to make NXT the best wrestling brand in the United States when they were at the top of their game. Why would he say that? Dave Meltzer talked about this on the Wrestling Observer Live. And apparently, William Regal's health issues right now are far more serious than he has ever talked about publicly. And he will go into detail next week on Talk is Jericho. This is a podcast that I don't think anybody's going to miss. Being that that was said by him on live television, and now Meltzer is saying that, and it will be revealed next week on Talk is Jericho, it's going to be a can't-miss episode of Talk is Jericho. In addition to his past substance abuse issues, Regal had open-heart surgery in 2018, and he missed months of NXT TV around that time period as well. I'm not even going to even entertain the thought of thinking about what it could be or what it might be. All I need to tell you guys, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way, is that my thoughts, love, and prayers go out to William Regal. And I'm hoping with what we hear on Talk is Jericho that it isn't as serious as Meltzer has said it is on Observer Live. And I, I'm shocked to hear him say that and then hear this from Meltzer. I hope it is not as serious and my thoughts, love, and prayers go out to William Regal and his family. Speaking of Revolution, William Regal debuted at Revolution at the end of that Moxley and Bryan match, which was fantastic. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people say AEW is in the mud. That AEW is dying. That AEW isn't going to last five years. They are here and here to stay, man. They are not going anywhere. First of all, before I get into this news, AEW is making their first ever West Coast debut at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. They sold out the show in six minutes. It's a sellout. So that was just pre-sale, I believe. The pre-sale sold out. The show will sell out. 10,000 seats will sell out. It's going to be a major show. It's going to be a big, big show for AEW. The six minutes, WWE is the only company in the United States to have done what AEW did. Double or nothing sold out the T-Mobile Arena in six minutes. Double or nothing is already a sold out show. WWE is the only other wrestling promotion to have done that in the United States. I don't know what the time frame is when the last company was to do that outside of WWE, but AEW has done it. It is going to be a major show. And nobody does pay-per-view like AEW. Revolution was AEW's best show ever. From top to bottom, their best show ever. So Dave Meltzer mentioned this on Wrestling Observer Live 
on Thursday. The early numbers he has seen shows it did between 146,000 and 170,000 buys. That is combined with traditional pay-per-view, Fight TV, and Bleacher Report. The streaming number was 110,000. That comes from Bleacher Report and Fight. The cable numbers bring it up to about 170,000 roughly. So likely, when all is said and done, it's going to be AEW's second biggest in history. It might be the third biggest. It will beat last year's revolution, says Dave Meltzer. AEW's biggest pay-per-view event did over 200,000 buys, which was all out. Obviously, CM Punk's first match since 2014. According to WrestleNomics, last year's Revolution show did 135,000 buys, while AEW's previous event, Full Gear, did 145,000 buys. One additional thing I want to add to this, on top of the great news that Revolution is going to be their second biggest pay-per-view buy rate ever, and the fact that Double or Nothing is already a sold-out show in Las Vegas. That is Memorial Day weekend. One little caveat I want to throw out there. You know, a lot of people, not me, I think Adam Page has done great as world champion. I don't want to take anything away from what he's done. He's had bangers with Brian Danielson. He's had a great match with Lance Archer. He had one hell of a fucking main event with Adam Cole. He will continue to have great main events as long as he's in that top spot. He had a great match with Dante Martin, put over Dante Martin early in his AEW career, getting his first ever AEW World Championship match, put him over after the match was over, nice seven, eight-minute match. Page put over Dante Martin, that goes a long way for somebody as young as Dante Martin. The little caveat here is, you know, Full Gear was their second biggest buy rate ever. Obviously, All Out was their biggest buy rate ever because of CM Punk. So if Full Gear did number two, and Revolution is now going to be the new number two, Full Gear is going to be slotted in at number three, so that means Adam Page has been a part of not only the second, but third biggest AEW buy rate as AEW champion. He won the championship at Full Gear. And now Revolution, he defended the championship against Adam Cole. There were obviously things on that show. It was spearheaded by CM Punk and MJF and then Moxie versus Bryan and Jericho Kingston. There was a lot to love on that show. But he was in the main event for the AEW Championship, defending that title against Adam Cole. He has a major proponent in why the show did 170,000 buys roughly. Second biggest of all time. Adam Page is working out as AEW champion. If nobody was interested in Adam Page, I don't think the buy rate is as what Meltzer is saying it is. Because it starts at the top. Yes, Punk and MJF was the big selling point, the dog collar match. But the other big match, the second biggest match of the night, was Adam Page and Adam Cole. That was the second biggest storyline going into the Revolution show on Sunday night. Just throwing that out there. So if everybody that says Adam Page is not working out as world champion, the numbers clearly are telling you otherwise. And look at his body of work. Do not discredit what that man is doing. Ring of Honor. Let's talk about the Ring of Honor acquisition here from AEW. They now own, Tony Khan now owns Ring of Honor. A new update has surfaced via Fightful Select. There are former Ring of Honor talent currently working in Impact Wrestling without a contract. 
A few rumored stars were still under Ring of Honor deals when they came to Impact, including Matt Taven and Vincent. Both men did not comment to confirm the report. Many Ring of Honor deals had expired on December 31 when the company went on hiatus, but several stars did extend beyond that point. The report confirms that EC3's contract has expired despite him resigning with the promotion in February of 2021. Ring of Honor PR Mark Cruscall has made a public statement confirming that he will finish up on April 10th. Cruscall confirmed that he was let go by the new Ring of Honor regime. So Tony Khan is already filtering out the old and getting his own people in there. Who he gets in there to run the show behind the scenes, I don't know. We don't know what Tony Khan is doing with Ring of Honor at this moment. The company's lead commentator, Ian Riccoboni, and head booker, Delirious, still remain with Ring of Honor. However, it isn't confirmed whether Delirious has a Ring of Honor or Sinclair contract. So... I would uh, I would say Ian Riccoboni is not going anywhere. They need a lead voice. He's the lead voice. He's the guy that everybody associates to with the Ring of Honor brand. He ain't going anywhere. As far as creative, I don't know what Tony Khan wants to do. I don't know if he wants a team or if he is going to run it himself because he did say at the post-show Revolution Scrum, the media scrum, that he will be running Ring of Honor. He is the lead booker for Ring of Honor, which I, I don't know if it's going to be a, a good thing in the long run. I don't want Tony Khan to tire himself out. I don't want him to kind of spread himself thin where we know AEW is his main priority. AEW is his baby. You know, Tony Khan would probably benefit a little bit more if he delegated to specific people for creative roles and, you know, producer roles backstage instead of handling everything himself for both Dynamite and Ring of Honor. So it's going to be a very interesting situation. I know for a fact that there will be several, you know, AEW superstars that are going to be taking place and working these Ring of Honor shows. And and this is a great deal. We talked about this as one of the biggest things about the acquisition of Ring of Honor. Those AEW talents that haven't been given a lot of TV time, that's mainly seen TV time on Dark, they're going to be used over there in a capacity where it's going to be a developmental of sorts for AEW. And those names are going to get even more out of what they need to do by working Ring of Honor, and it's going to be used as a territory for them to be spotlighted, give them that foundation to eventually work up to Dynamite. So it's going to be like NXT. It's going to be, and Ring of Honor is realistically going to be what NXT 1.0 was, and NXT 2.0, as you guys know, is now a true developmental territory for WWE. It was when Triple H was there, but it's going to resemble more of what Triple H did than the NXT 2.0 that we see. It's going to have that foundation. People are going to get work. People are going to get themselves over work TV. We don't know if there's going to be a TV deal, you know, work on what they need to work on, and then eventually use that to get to the big stage. And they're going to filter talent slowly but surely and get everybody the work that, that, that they need. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I don't know what's going on as far as the TV deal is concerned. If there will be a TV deal, if this will be televised, if it's going to be on a streaming service. Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor because he's setting AEW up for a possible home with a streaming service. Who that is, I don't know. HBO Max has been rumored. So we will see what happens. There there is a plan in place, for sure. Tony Khan is strategically mapping out what he wants to do, and I and you should really trust the process. I don't think he's really let us down in anything. And he seemingly has AEW working on all cylinders right now. They are incredible, and still hot. Have been, but hot. 
going into the summer months, man. It's going to be great. So let's give Tony Khan the benefit of the doubt. I just hope that with him being lead booker, he doesn't spread himself thin with doing both ROH and AEW. We got dynamite ratings. Dynamite ratings are in. They were down below 1 million viewers for a second week in a row. Dynamite's ratings were 945,000 viewers. This is down from the 966,000 the show did just one week prior. In the 18-49 to demo, the show did a 0.4 rating, which was actually up from the prior week of 0.35. Dynamite ranked number one in the cable top 150 shows for the night on Wednesday. That was up from the number eight ranking. Ratings are going to go up and down. It's not that big of a deal. Dynamite is running high on all cylinders right now, firing on all cylinders. It was a great show on Wednesday night. We got Sammy Guevara dropping that TNT championship to Scorpio Sky in a great main event. Hangman Page defended the AEW title against Dante Martin, who was ranked number two in the AEW rankings. Thunder Rosa beat legit Layla Hirsch in a women's eliminator match. She gets Britt Baker next week in San Antonio, Texas, inside a steel cage for the AEW Women's Championship. John Moxley and Brian Danielson defeated Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. And that's when William Regal cut that very ominous, very genuine, very heartfelt promo. Chris Jericho aligned himself with 2.0 and now are calling his new group, or is calling his new group, the Jericho Appreciation Society as he turned his back on Eddie Kingston and LAX, proud and powerful, Santana and Ortiz. And then obviously the debut of Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy aligned together. The Hardy Boys back on television in AEW. Great match. Uh, a great show, rather. Lots of good stuff on Dynamite, including Wardlow. It's Wardlow's world now. He is not only going after the TNT title, he says he's going to be going after more than just the TNT title, which he will get a uh, TNT title match next week against Scorpio Sky because he won that Face of the Revolution ladder match at Sunday's pay-per-view. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing a lot of what's going on. And this was a show without CM Punk, without MJF, right? Without, you know, uh, bigger names like that. Kenny Omega's due back. The Young Bucks didn't really have a match. Adam Cole was there. He cut a promo on Adam Page. Red Dragon was there. We're setting ourselves up for what is going to be a tremendous Double or Nothing show Memorial Day weekend. Monday Night Raw ratings. They're in. They dipped, as usual. Raw was awful. This is according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. Monday Night Raw's ratings were 1.775 on USA Network. That was... Actually up from the 1.753 the show did one week ago. The 18 to 49 demo saw the show come in at a 0.45. That's down from the 0.7 rating the show did one week ago. Hour 1, 1.9. Hour 2, 1.83. And Hour 3, 1.57. Raw was still ranked number one in the cable top 150 shows for the night on Monday. Raw was not good. Raw was not a good show. RK Bro, Alpha Academy, and Rollins Owens stole the show. 45 minutes of the first hour went to that tag team match itself. Somebody in WWE, or all six of these guys, possibly, were watching Revolution and wanted to try and one-up what they saw at Revolution. 
So they used AEW's influence, and I wish more would do so because with matches like this, they really turned it up, and it was truly a great triple threat match between all three of these teams. RK-Bro won the tag team championships coming out of Monday Night Raw. What they do going into WrestleMania, I don't know. I pitched RK-Bro versus the Usos, unify those titles. Tag team division needs some serious changing, some serious help in WWE. So hopefully WWE is on the same wavelength as me. Other than that, I don't see it happening. I do think we get Alpha Academy and maybe the Street Profits involved going into WrestleMania and the tag team title situation. Dana Brooke beat Tamina to retain the 24-7 title. Miz uh, brought back Jerry the King Lawler, kind of berated him on, uh, on Miz TV. Logan Paul and Miz cut a promo in front of their hometown in Cleveland, Ohio. Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa, he made his Monday Night Raw debut, did Breaker, defeated Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. This was a foreshadowing of what we saw on Wednesday night. I got news on Braun Breaker and that NXT title in just a second. Omos defeated Apollo Crews. You can probably add Apollo Crews to the budget cut list after WrestleMania, along with Shotzi, Blackheart, and T-Bag. Edge embraced the dark side ahead of WrestleMania and his match with AJ Styles. He says he's doing this for Styles. He wants AJ to be the AJ of old, and if he has to go to the dark side to do that, he will certainly do it. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan defeated Zelina Vega and Carmella to qualify for the Women's Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania. That includes Sasha Banks and Naomi. Normally, I complain about champions losing on TV, but these champions are as worthless as they come, so you're not going to hear a peep out of me. Rhea Ripley's the one I feel bad for because she was just placed in another tag team with Liv Morgan going into WrestleMania after WWE had already removed her from a previous tag team that she was in with Nikki T-R-A-S-H. So Rhea Ripley now is the women's tag team specialist. And WWE has killed all of Rhea Ripley's coolness and her vibe ever since she got called up to the main roster. To where she is now, she is as irrelevant as they come. She feels like everybody else. Everybody else. So I expect WWE to add more teams to that women's tag team title match at WrestleMania just to simply fit everybody on the card. Finn Balor defeated Austin Theory by disqualification because of Damian Priest. Damian Priest lost the title to Finn Balor one week ago, and that will probably set up their WrestleMania match for the United States Championship. And then Kevin Owens extends an invitation to WrestleMania for Stone Cold Steve Austin, which he then accepted the following day on WWE's The Bump. Speaking of the NXT Championship, I mentioned Braun Breaker. He made his debut on Monday Night Raw, and he then goes into Tuesday. He had a triple threat match against Tommaso Ciampa and Dolph Ziggler for the NXT Championship. This was NXT Roadblock. He made his debut on Monday Night Raw, and there was something that was off about Braun Breaker. Something that was truly off about Braun Breaker. I'm listening to him cut this promo and I'm watching him and I'm listening to him and he's jumping around, bouncing up and down and he's smiling as Tommaso Ciampa is there talking about what he wants to do to Ziggler and Root. And then obviously the NXT Championship situation going into Tuesday's show. Uh, Braun Breaker jumping up and down, smiling. What are you smiling for? 
there's nothing to smile about. These two guys are coming after your NXT championship. One of them is your tag team partner. The other guy has made threats to you. He's invading your home brand, and he wants your title. He's the number one contender for your title. What is there to be smiling about? So I noticed this, and I tweeted out, WWE, within five fucking minutes of Braun Breaker's Monday Night Raw debut, has already got this fucking guy who I haven't seen crack a fucking smile on Tuesday night, already smiling on Monday Night Raw. It's exactly what they did and told Rhea Ripley. Vince told Rhea Ripley, I need you to smile more. Meanwhile, Rhea Ripley was heavy metal with the leather and the spikes and the fucking piercings and the tattoo. Yeah, we want you to smile. We want you to smile. It's like going into a fucking death metal concert, right? Cannibal Corpse on stage, and you get that one little token fucking girl next door sitting or standing front row in a fucking flowery type summer dress uh, around guys that are dressed in black and fucking chains and wallet chains and piercings and tattoos, skinheads. It's that fucking bad for Rhea Ripley on Monday Night Raw. They want Braun Breaker to smile on Monday night. He was interviewed this week with John Alba on John Alba's one-on-one. Breaker was asked about his experience at Monday Night Raw. He started off by noting that it was a great experience and he learned a lot of new things. Breaker pointed out how it was unique feeling on Monday Night Raw or being on Monday Night Raw as it's a bigger show and crazy to think that he even got the call to compete on Monday Night. He called it an honor and noted that he got various tips from a lot of different people backstage. Braun was asked which piece of advice stood out to him. He said, and I quote, I was told to smile more. Braun Breaker did not tell John Alba, who specifically gave him that advice. (laughs) Vince, are you fucking kidding me? Braun Breaker was told by Vince McMahon to smile more. What is the difference between Braun Breaker on Raw and the Braun Breaker that we see on NXT? You know, I'm going to be made to look terrible because I had told everybody that with Vince and Bruce running NXT, a guy like Braun Breaker is not going to really deviate away from what we usually see of him on Tuesday nights. He's got the theme music, he's got the look, he's got the aesthetic, he's got the whole fucking vibe going on. It's a Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard hands-on project. So they're hands-on with Braun Breaker. They're going to give you the Braun Breaker that they want to see on the main roster, and there's not going to really be much change there. I'm going to be made to look wrong. Very rarely I am wrong, but I'm going to be made to look wrong here because they got him fucking smiling. I haven't seen this guy smile once on Tuesday night. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to turn into Mr. Fucking Rogers. Why? Do you realize what it does to his credibility? Do you realize what it does to his aura and his vibe? If you have him smile, he is going in there. His name is Braun Breaker. He's going to break you. Why would he smile doing so? I don't want to see him smile. I want to see him snarl. I want to see him fucking angry, pissed, intense. I'm not watching Disney Channel, okay? I want to see somebody legit walk onto Raw and give me a vibe that we are desperately missing. And if you're going to fuck him up already, I don't really care to see Smiley Braun Breaker ever again. 
Give me a fucking break with this childish bullshit. Smile. Who gave him the advice? He didn't say. It's Vince McMahon. Everyone is telling me that. It's one of those. I'm not sure if I've been coached up on that thus far. It's another thing I have to work on and figure out how to make it my own and make it unique in my own way. I got so many coaching points and things to learn from that experience. So many things that I can take away being on Monday night. End quote. Now, why did he get the call up on Monday Night Raw? Everybody was like, oh, Breaker looked good. Nobody knew who Breaker was in Cleveland because nobody watches NXT. But Breaker looked good. Nobody knew who he was. But he got the victory on Monday night. Great. In typical pro wrestling one-on-one classes in session, if Braun Breaker got the victory on Monday night and he's in a triple threat match on Tuesday night, I don't think anybody expected him to lose the fucking championship. But WWE wanted a roadblock. WWE wanted some unpredictability. Dolph Ziggler is the new NXT champion. Why? I think Dolph is great. I think Dolph could have a resurgence in NXT. I really do. But why is Dolph the NXT champion after we gave Braun Breaker this big fucking... You know what pisses me off the fucking most? The fact that they did what they did with Braun Breaker and Champa, the, the whole visual of it still fucking irks the living shit out of me. They had this guy win the NXT championship against Tommaso Champa, not once but twice, have him destroy the old NXT logo once visually, and then the other uh, 3D-like as he's pulling chains down. You see this big graphic on the fucking Tron down at the Performance Center. They had him... Pretty much mock the old NXT by destroying the old NXT black and gold logo. Give him the championship. Only for him to drop it to Dolph Ziggler? I don't understand that. First of all, Dolph Ziggler is not going to sell tickets in the American Airlines Arena WrestleMania weekend for NXT. Not when there's so many other shows with a lot much bigger stars appearing on those shows. They're not going to sell anywhere close to that fucking... How how, how many seats does does that venue hold? Upwards towards 10,000, probably more than that. I doubt they even fill one-third of that fucking place for NXT. Nobody's watching it. Nobody cares. You think people are fucking stupid. Look at what you did to NXT. They're not going to watch your show because, oh my God, it's WrestleMania weekend. No, they're not. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit that Dolph is champion, and it only makes you look fucking foolish and desperate. Oh, look, a main roster guy's holding the NXT championship. You know how many times Triple H could have done that and didn't? But Dolph Ziggler is going to get Braun Breaker moreover than Braun Breaker was already. I don't think so. Dolph Ziggler's got zero stock. Great wrestler. Fantastic wrestler. He's got zero stock. Him holding that championship gives the championship zero value. It already has zero value because of what you did to the previous iteration of NXT. Braun Breaker was as legit and comfortable as NXT champion that I could possibly pick of or pick uh, pick from backstage on NXT. Now you want to give Dolph Ziggler the fucking championship and wipe all that shit away? It makes no sense. For what? For what? For, for Braun Breaker to win it back WrestleMania weekend and crown him NXT champion again. There's a rumor that the Steiner brothers are going into the Hall of Fame. I don't even use that as a fucking excuse to take the title of Braun Breaker. You don't need for that roadblock to happen. It's desperation. In some sick and twisted way, WWE 
I don't want to say this because the brand is already fucking in the grave and lowered into the fucking grave with the dirt poured on the fucking casket. Dolph Ziggler's been an embarrassment on the main roster. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's almost as if WWE just gets their fucking heart on by continuing to kill the brand with somebody like Dolph Ziggler as the NXT champion. And I don't want to disrespect Dolph, but that's the way it comes off to me. So what are they going to do? They put the title on Dolph to have him hold it for three weeks, four weeks, only for him to drop it back to Braun Breaker? For what? You kill his momentum. This is a bad move, creatively. And it has nothing to do with Dolph. This is a bad move, creatively. WWE, I'm moving my fucking hands around here. WWE is considering moving Braun Breaker to the main roster Sooner than expected, and that's one of the reasons why they took the title off of him and put it on Dolph. Dave Meltzer talked about this. He lost to set up the fact he's going to win the title. There's talk of him going to the main roster very soon. He's wrestled on this weekend's WWE main roster house shows. Maybe he'll lose and just go to the main roster. I don't know. Him and Gable Steveson are supposed to be main roster bound. That's a tough comparison because Braun Breaker is going to make it. Gable Steveson is a phenomenal athlete in his own right. End quote. If Braun Breaker makes the main roster, you're going to get more of the reaction that we got on Monday. He's not ready. And the reason why he's not ready is because WWE didn't do NXT 2.0 justice. They wanted to kill Triple H's creation. Nobody's watching it. I guarantee you, if Triple H was in charge and NXT was never changed from what we remember and Braun Breaker was there, Braun Breaker would be over. Braun Breaker would already be a known entity to the audience on the main roster. Definitely more so than he is now. The fact that Braun Breaker got zero reaction in Cleveland, which is a wrestling town, goes to show you how demoralizing Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard have treated NXT and, and the fucking damage that they've done to NXT, how great the damage really is. I don't want to see Braun Breaker on the main roster right now. I don't think they need a Braun Breaker. What they need is to end the fucking brand split. That'll help your problems. Not adding from NXT to to Monday Night Raw. And why would he go to Raw when SmackDown has no roster? This company is in shambles. Everything that they do, every good thing that they may have, they want to fucking ruin it. Give me time to get used to this fucking guy instead of putting him on the main roster where he's inevitably going to fucking fail. After him smiling, I don't really have any fucking hope, even for Braun Breaker. I'm getting out of here, guys. Thank you very much for all of your support. If you did enjoy today's podcast, let me know what you guys think down below. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS 421 Remember, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. I will be live tweeting during the House of Glory show tonight. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter for all the updates. Fight TV, House of Glory Salvation, the Briscoes versus the Lucha Brothers. Main event for the House of Glory World Tag Team Championships. And hit that subscribe button, turn on the bell. Make sure you guys are updated with all of your wrestling news during the week right here on off the script guys i may be back this weekend with something depending on the news if not i'll see you guys back live on monday for another live stream right here from the ots venue on monday night's raw until then guys if i don't see you this weekend 
Have a great weekend. I'll see you live with the Solemn Monster tonight live on Fight TV. And I'll see you guys back in the venue on Monday for Monday Night Raw. I'll see you guys later.